Beloved brands know customer relationships are everything. That's why over 130,000 trust Clavio to power smarter digital relationships across their websites, emails, SMS, and reviews. And now there's Clavio AI, your guide to smarter insights, decisions, work, and results. Brands like Everyman Jack trust Clavio AI to personalize product recommendations that keep customers coming back. Discover Clavio AI at clavio.com slash box. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com backslash box. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your Buffalo Rumblings podcast. In fact, if you go to your Alexa home listening device and you ask Alexa to play the Buffalo Rumblings podcasts, you will be in tune with our podcast and the other fine family of podcasts here on Buffalo Rumblings. We appreciate you stopping by wherever and however you're listening to us. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, by my colleague Jamie D'Amico. And we are sitting here in May. The draft is in the rearview mirror. Uh, training camp, we're not sure what that's going to look like. I know the Buffalo Bills are preparing for this virtual offseason. And, you know, they were doing, you know, all these different Zoom sessions with players. And McDermott and Brandon Bean are making sure that, you know, they're keeping in touch with their players it's a really weird time in general and definitely in sports because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19 moving forward. We don't know the impact it's going to have on the 2020 season. There's a lot of expectation for these Buffalo bills here. And uh, you know, Jamie, instead of, and we will do this at some point during the off season, instead of rehashing some topics uh, related to the draft, you know, biggest quote unquote bust, biggest quote-unquote breakthrough player, you know, who's most likely to make the roster. I thought for this podcast, we'd have some fun and we would take a look inside your closet. And before you ask, no, I'm not lurking in your closet, wearing my Zuba's pants and a number one Bill's foam finger, because that'd be kind of creepy and I'd be violating the self-quarantine rules out here. But I thought we'd have a little bit of fun and talk about jerseys and Bill's jerseys and NFL jerseys. Jerseys are a popular way for fans to feel connected to their team. It's a popular way to show your favoritism for the player that you love the most. You know, it's a really cool way of putting on your fandom. It can also be a really embarrassing look uh, into the miscues and missteps that a franchise has had during the years when you go through some of the miss and the bust players that you might have jerseys of. So I thought that was kind of a cool topic to start off, Jamie. Football players and their jerseys. And, uh, you know, before we really dive into it, the impetus for this was the rookie class for the Buffalo Bills had their jerseys uh, assigned recently. And we'll give you a quick rundown on those. But this all really started because one of the rookies, Jake Fromm, the fifth round pick from Georgia, wants to go with number 10, which Cole Beasley currently wore last year uh, in his one year with the Bills. Beasley is now switching to 11, the legendary Zay Jones, Roscoe Parrish, jersey combination that is available and free for the taken so i don't know it's before i get into the rookies you know this you're you're on board with this topic jamie right this is going to hit you right in the heartstrings i assume absolutely there's no more expensive way to say 
I'm a fan of this team or this player than buying an official jersey that's out there. I I, I think this is a great topic because there's a lot of no-nos out there. And I see it every time I go to either a Bills game or go to a sports bar with my uh, Bills fan brethren. And I just I shake my head sometimes. And I do have one person in particular who she owns she owns an ungodly number of jerseys and I, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, about her collection. Well, I can't wait to hear your thoughts and your no-nos and all your, you know, we'll, we'll give our fans. And again, the rules and the etiquette that we're going to lay out, listen, these are not rules that you need to apply by, but they're going to make you a little bit. No, that's not older. true. That is not I true. Say they're going to make you no, smarter. They absolutely <laughs> need to listen to us. They absolutely need to listen to us. We're, we're not doing this for our health. We expect people to fall in line if they're listening to this show. These are kind of our our, our, our our rules to live by, if you will, for the jerseys. And it all started with the rookie class. Now, we'll break them through for you. I mentioned Jake Fromm is going to wear number 10, which is Colt Beasley's old jersey number. Uh, second round pick, AJ Epinesa, the defensive end out of Iowa, is going to sport number 57 for the upcoming season. Running back Zach Moss, the third rounder, is going to inherit literally Frank Gore's old jersey and his old role. Hopefully do a much better job of reprising the role than Frank Gore did. Uh, Rocket number 20. And then wide receiver Gabriel Davis is going to have the unusual number three, which we'll get to in a little bit. I think that's a fascinating jersey choice uh, for Gabriel Davis to, to be rocking. Isaiah Hodgins is number 87, a much more prototypical wide receiver jersey selection. The kicker. Tyler Bass is going to wear number two, inheriting the Steve Christie and Dan Carpenter uh, jersey number from teams in the past, amongst other legendary kickers for Buffalo. And uh, Dane Jackson, the seventh rounder out of Pittsburgh, is going to wear number 30 uh, in his pursuit of making the roster as a cornerback, competing with other guys to make a spot on the team. So, Jamie, I've laid out the jersey numbers for the rookie class. Of course, the big takeaway, Cole Beasley agreed to swap out with Jake Fromm from Georgia is going to wear number 10 and Cole Beasley is going to go back to number 11, his Jersey from SMU. And he also wore that with the Cowboys uh, for the beginning of his career. Now, I don't know how many bills fans rocked a Cole Beasley Jersey last year. I will say it was a popular Jersey. There were a lot of number tens that I saw in the stands, you know, the color rush variety saw a lot of those home sparkling baby blue jerseys wearing number 10. But if you're a bills fan, and you bought a number 10 Cole Beasley jersey last year, you're now presented with a conundrum. Do you take that number 10 and still wear it with pride, or do you get upset and be like, what the hell, man? I spent all this money, and now I have to go out there and get a new jersey. It it, it triggers a lot of emotions because, again, like you said, you put a lot of money into these investments, and to only get one year out of that typical the number 10, how do you feel about that, Jamie? Are you, are you irked? Are you going to put a nameplate? What are you going to do to handle this change? It reminds me of an interview with Phil Jackson, the former head coach of the Chicago Bulls. When Michael Jordan went into his brief retirement, he was number 23. When he came back, he wore number 45 because for some odd reason, they let Ron Harper wear number 23. Why the Chicago Bulls would allow... Michael Jordan's number to be issued to anybody is beyond me. But anyway, a reporter asked Coach Phil Jackson, you know, he said, there are parents out there that are angry because now they have to buy a number 45 jersey for their kids 
to replace the number 23 jersey for Michael Jordan. What do you think about that, Phil? And he said, uh, I think that's why you should be buying your kids' books instead. <laughs> what, a, what a typical Zen-like answer from, uh, from Phil Jackson. Right. On um, so the, the question is, if you're going to spend that kind of money, there's always things that can happen. I mean, uh, a player could have a career-threatening injury that happens you know, before they even take a snap. So you're rolling the dice, and I don't think you can actually get angry about it. Frustrated, yes. Angry at the player. Uh, especially if he has a history with another number, I, I'm not sure that you're allowed to get upset with that. It's it's tough. I mean, I you know I I happened to uh, the last Sabres jersey that I bought was Jack Eichel, and uh, Jack Eichel I bought the Reebok jersey up at the Dave and Adams up in Buffalo. Got a great deal on it. I wondered to myself, I'm like, why is Jack Eichel's jersey so cheap? And my buddy that I go to Sabres games with was like, well, it's so cheap because they're changing jersey providers. Uh, the next year, and he's going to be switching up his jersey to number nine. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I just, even though it was a discount, mind you, I still was pissed that the jersey I had invested in, look, I'm still, I still rock the Jack Eichel jersey. I you know, I, I haven't gone to a Sabres game in two, two, three months because of the coronavirus. So clearly uh, it's not something I'm rocking every single day uh, that is going to be, you know, hurting my pride every day of, of my life. But it's something where like I got genuinely upset because I felt like I was duped. I felt like the Sabres knew what they were doing. There was the Evander Kane trade that came over that led to Eichel switching to number nine. And I just didn't get the memo. So my 15 Royal blue Sabres Jersey, sweet looking threads are in my closet. Even though it's obsolete, I still wear it to the games. Do you feel that it's any less of a sign of fandom to wear a player's Jersey when it's not the correct number? I do. Yeah, I I feel like it's outdated and it stands out to me like a sore thumb. Um, Does it decrease your fandom? No, it doesn't. Does it decrease your credibility? Possibly. Although, again, we're talking about a major investment here. You can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater because your dude changes numbers unbeknownst to you. And it's brand new too. So like you're really caught between a rock and a hard place. I personally would probably not wear it in public. And I guess the only, the only saving grace for me, Jamie, that makes it a little better is again, the Jersey was like 60% off. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was paying and, and Sabres jerseys and NHL jerseys are like twice as expensive as as the bills ones. Now I want to preface that by saying they're twice as expensive as the officially produced NFL jerseys. You can go overseas and you can find all sorts of jersey manufacturers in China, uh, which I happen to have a couple of those that I'm not ashamed to say. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up with our our rules and etiquette. But you know, it's luckily the hit wasn't nearly as big of a burden on me as it would if I plunked down the 250 to buy you know the actual Eichel jersey at its full price. But it still kind of hurt a little bit. So when it comes to our jersey talk here, Jamie, this is a really good segue. You seem uh, like you're very steadfast on having etiquette and point lot pointers and rules and regulations. What is your very first above all else? Follow this rule when it comes to buying a jersey. Rule number one, do not buy the jersey of a player who does not have a track record. That includes first round draft picks, even if they're at the top of the draft, if they're number three overall, 
number one overall. That's how you end up with a Blake Bortles jersey, something that you're going to be very unhappy with. With the fact that there's a 50% bust rate in the first round of the draft, you just can't rely on anybody who doesn't have a track record. So you're saying you're not rushing out to buy a Don McCargo, an Aaron Mabin, a Dante Shitner. And yes, that's his name for me from now on because I hate that guy so much. Dante Whitner <laughs> will now be Dante Shitner moving forward. EJ Manuel, JP Lossman, all those busts from the first round when Buffalo really had a horrible track record. It makes a lot of sense to steer clear from rookies. And I get where you're coming from, but I have to take a little bit of argument with you. In my opinion, I don't mind drafting a first round jersey or a second or a third round jersey of a player if I trust the regime that's drafting him. Now, it's easy to say that with recency bias because the Bills have done a pretty good job. You know, I happen to own a couple of first and second round jersey picks from the last couple of years that Buffalo has drafted, but I made those selections after the incompetent boobs left one Bills drive that were making bad picks in the early to mid-2000s all, all throughout the playoff drought. So that's my caveat with why I don't have as big of a problem with drafting rookies is if I feel like the GMs know what they're doing and I, and I like the kid, I'm going to have a little bit more confidence taking the plunge than, say, under the Doug Whaley era or the Tom Donahoe era. All right. Well, you know, um, avoid that advice at your own risk, my man. (laughs) Well, so I got a funny anecdote I want to spring out here talking about first round draft picks and talking about players getting burned. I've got a buddy, Joe, who who listens to the podcast, and uh, he went out after the sensational legend of Kiko Alonso. uh, When Kiko burst onto the scene as a dynamic Bills rookie linebacker, he had his spiffy number 50 jersey. And Joe was like, you know what? I haven't bought a Bills jersey in a while. I'm going to go out and get me a Kiko Alonso jersey. I feel like that's a very oh, safe man. bet. And dude, like the off season, he gets tra- he gets hurt. He gets traded to you know Philly in the in the Lashawn McCoy deal, and that's now one of those things where like it's such a sore subject to him that he will not. He doesn't like to buy any of the current players anymore. He prefers to go for the vintage, the classic players, the Bills Hall of Famers, your Jim Kellys, your Thurman Thomases, your Andre Reeds, your Bruce Smith, your Cookie Gilchrist even going back to the AFL days. That's kind of a rule of thought that I have when it comes to draft, to selecting a jersey for yourself. You, If you really want to play it safe and you want to avoid Jamie's jinx of buying a first or a second or a third round rookie's jersey, you can't go wrong getting a Bills Wall of Famer well, there's one you can go wrong with, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yep. You can go horribly wrong, I feel like, if you buy this one spokesperson for a rental car company. I believe he was in a couple of movies. Oh, and he might have killed two people, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I feel like if you go and find a jersey of one of those Wall of Famers or a Hall of Famer, you're showing yourself to be a, a really – I don't want to say more knowledgeable fan, but you're more than just a Johnny come lately who's only looking at what the 2019 Bills have done. And to me, I respect fans who come up and have a throwback. And man, if I see a Joe Delamalure or a Will Wolford or a Kent Hall jersey, you go up in my book by two pegs. I agree with that 100%. If if you're if you want to get the most out of your jersey, go with a legend. But there's a caveat here. The caveat is that 
you have to get a jersey that is authentic to the time period in which that person played. So you can't just throw um, a S- Smith on a number 78 jersey that's current. No, no. You have to get the jersey, even perhaps the brand of jersey that they were wearing back in you know, 1985 through 1995 in order to make that look like an actual Bruce Smith jersey. Otherwise, you're faking it. And I, I, and I don't like it. Don't We don't want any fakers here. I like that. I like the authenticity. Go back. Yeah, and don't get a Bruce Smith on those god-awful, you know, Bills jerseys of the, the mid-2000s where it was like the navy blue and the little bit of royal blue and the red trim. You know, even though I have a couple Horrible. of those on my own, you don't want to buy and smear a legend's name by putting them on one of those uh, awful anachronistic jerseys out there. But that's a good rule of thumb, I think, to kind of follow. And I think a lot of times, Jamie, uh, another rule of thumb that we should talk about is buying authentic versus buying knockoff. Now, mm. people, listen, the NFL is expensive. And if you are you have kids and they want to buy their jerseys, it's really hard to justify buying a kid's jersey knowing that in a year they're going to outgrow it. They're going to have, you know, need to have some new threads out there. So and also there's the problem of giving Roger Goodell and his league, which has oodles and oodles of money, even more money by directly buying the jerseys from NFL.com. Now, that being said, you're much more likely to get a high quality product buying it directly from the NFL. But I got to say, I've had really good luck and I do my homework. I don't just go to any knockoff website and buy my jerseys. I do homework, I research, and you can see the different samples. You can read the reviews. We've all seen the guy who's got the jersey where the nameplate is miscentered, the left number is higher than the right number, and they start to shred and fall apart in two weeks. Don't be that guy. I, you know, I have very mixed emotions on this because. Uh, I do not defend copyright infringement. It's not a good thing. Um, at the same time, there's something to be said for working smart as opposed to working hard, and that goes for spending your money too. So do I condone it? It's sort of like Chris Rock said. I don't condone it, but I understand it. Like a guy sleeps with your woman. You gun down the guy. I don't condone that, but I understand it is what Chris Rock said. (laughs) Yes, we want to attribute that to Chris Rock and not the Jamie D'Amico here. No, no, no. (laughs) So how about then, Jamie? I've also had some friends, and and we've all run into this, where we talk about the jersey, and it's now obsolete when a player switches their numbers, or you feel it's obsolete. You feel like you're a little bit less of a fan wearing your jersey of a changed player number. Stephon Gilmore famously had that. When he switched jersey numbers, and even though Stefan Gilmore is an ass, and I'm glad he's no longer in Buffalo, there were a lot of people that bought into him and bought the cornerback's jersey. What are your thoughts on a nameplate adjusting if it's if it's within the time frame of the current, you know, when the player played and you're not taking an old jersey and, and modifying it? What are your thoughts on a nameplate to maybe rectify a jersey switch? I'm good with that. And the best example I ever saw was somebody who bought a Bills number 11 jersey because he was very excited about Rob Johnson. Well, two years in, he was way less excited. So he pulled off the nameplate, replaced it with Norwood. And I thought that was amazing. Beloved brands know customer relationships are everything. That's why over 130,000 trust Clavio to power smarter digital relationships across their websites, emails, SMS, and reviews. And now... 
There's Clavio AI, your guide to smarter insights, decisions, work, and results. Brands like Everyman Jack trust Clavio AI to personalize product recommendations that keep customers coming back. Discover Clavio AI at clavio.com slash box. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com backslash box. No, that's a clutch. And you know what? That's a great, great segue into, you know, the, the, and we'll talk about our players that we own of our, the Bills jerseys ourselves. But the, when it comes to actually buying a, a, a player's jersey, I want to take this back a level. There is a school of thought out there that says you can be a fan of a team all you want, but don't idolize another individual, especially if you're a guy, somebody who is, you know, younger than you. If you're buying a jersey of, you know, AJ Epineza or Zach Moss or one of these rookies, chances are I know almost every bill on the current roster is younger than me. Uh, I'm the case is definitely the same for you. We're two of the older guys in the Buffalo Rumblings family of, of podcasters. Jeez, most of the coaching staff is younger than me. <laughs> and it's just it's just proof that we've been around the block a little bit, Jamie. Where do you fall when it comes to is it is it against the man code, the the bro the bro law to have a jersey of somebody that is younger than you, or even go I'll go, I'll go even further to buy another man's jersey, period. Um, you know, there's some definite bro code laws here that I don't necessarily subscribe to, but again, I understand them. The issue I have with never buying a current player, well, a player younger than you is, well, frankly, uh, you age out of that really quickly. Um, so that's going to stick you with either outdated uniforms or you have to go with the legends, which again is never a bad thing. Now let's talk about some more bro code stuff. Cause I, as I so eloquently put my response to that question, now it's time for me to ask you one sticking with that. How do you feel about the color rush jerseys? Color rush uniforms are very popular, popular amongst women. And that may be one of the big reasons why the NFL has been doing that, along with the pink jerseys that are, are on the market. How do you feel about purchasing Color Rush uniforms? So I'm going to preface this, Jamie, by a rule I probably should have put out there at the very beginning when it comes to, and this is why you and I are having some fun on this, because we're not in lockstep with each other as far as what we're putting on the table with this podcast. I want to state clearly for the record that I don't have, I feel I don't have any right to actually control what another human being does with their hard earned money. If you want to go out there and, and, and plunk down 150 bucks on a brand new Jersey every year, go for it. That's your prerogative. And Jamie is going to still come and find you in the stadium and beat you up and take your old Jersey or take your abomination of a Jersey. We've, we've laid that on the table, but I still feel like, if you're a fan and you want to celebrate your fandom by buying a quarterback's jersey, by buying a color rush jersey, whatever you want to do that justifies your fandom, you are well within your rights to do that. Because if we take a step back, the root of the word fan is fanatic. And to me, fanatic means common sense does not apply when it comes to your passion for your team. So I happen to have a color rush Jersey. I have no shame in admitting that Um, I was very proud. It's the last Jersey I've bought in my collection, by the way. So it wasn't like it was my very first one. I went out there and purchased. I have a lot of other threads we'll get to, but I happen to be the proud owner of a bootleg from China, $25 Josh Allen color rush Jersey. That looks freaking fantastic. It is not one of those misshapen, oddly sensitive, 
centered jerseys. This thing looks legit. Well, there we go. <laughs> we obviously don't agree on a lot of this stuff. So I, I'd like to take it in a different direction. I'd like to go with the best practice. How are you going to land a jersey that is going to be enduring at least for a few years? Now, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I've, I've got a very clear method in order to achieve that. Yeah, I will definitely lay, I'll give you a very quick summation of what my thoughts are on this. Whenever, for me, when it comes to a pro tip for buying a jersey, I try, like I said, I have changed this up a little bit with the rookies, with the way that the current regime has drafted. But in the past, I steered clear of buying those rookies until they'd been in the league a couple of years outside of one exception, which we'll get to in a little bit, which really burned me. But I that really cemented my my rule of thumb when it came to rookie jerseys. But to me, I want to find somebody who, when I'm in the stadium and that person makes a big play, you know, and are they're involved in a huge game-changing shift, I want to feel like my jersey is an extension of what they did on the field. And to me, that means somebody who is going to be visible. I'm not going to buy the backup quarterback's jersey. I'm not going to buy anybody on special teams. I want someone who is, from what I understand to be, I don't buy bad character jerseys either. I would never by Vontez Perfect from Cincinnati. If he were on my team, never steer clear of any of those bad character guys. If they have issues with the law, if they abuse their wife or girlfriend, I'm not buying their jersey. So Tyreek Hill, you're out the window. I have to have an ethical code, which might sound redundant and hypocritical to say, but I believe if I'm wearing someone else's jersey, that I'm also embodying what they stand for on the field. So I want to find someone that's in my opinion, is a hard worker who produces and who I can be proud to have their jersey hanging in my closet. Now, that doesn't always work out, but in hindsight, it's always 2020. I'm glad you went that direction because I was thinking of it uh, more from the direction of return on investment. So my rule is you should be purchasing the jersey if you're looking for a current player, that is a player that is about to get their very first contract extension. So a Matt Milano sort or a Deion Dawkins type, somebody who is about to get that two, three-year extension and they're still in the rookie contract, you know that that person is going to be around for a few years. They probably have enough history with the team that that number isn't going to change. And I think that you're set up for usually a solid three, four, even five years of getting use out of that jersey without ever having to question it. But that's not foolproof. See Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, Jamie, I actually will agree with you uh, for one of the rare times on this podcast today. I think that's a well-principled stand to take of only buying the jerseys of players as they're about to get that second contract. It guarantees that they'll be around for at least the next couple of years. And it also rewards your fandom. We're talking about jerseys and etiquette and go-to uh, rules, if you will, for fans who want to buy their jerseys. We've kind of laid out what we feel like are the main issues to consider when buying a jersey. Now let's go into our closets and and really shed some, some light into who we are as Bills fans. Jamie, I guess since I put the pressure on you with this topic here and this fun conversation starter, I will start off with some of the jerseys that I have in my closet. And I've ranked them into four categories. <clears throat> Category one is past players, part A. That includes legends like Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, and Thurman Thomas. Past players, part B, are what I consider the Bills Wall of Fame type category. 
Freddie Jackson, Doug Flutie, Travis Henry, Aaron Schobel, Takeo Spikes, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I will get to that in a little bit. We, you can have some fun with that selection out there as to why I would put him in the wall of fame. But he has a personal connection to me that you know makes him go in that category. Player three are past players who played category. It's Lee. <laughs> they, they played for the Bills. They appeared in games. They were Lee Evans, Marshawn Lynch, CJ Spiller, Jairus Bird, Marcel Darius, and Tyrod Taylor. And Aaron Mabin. I should put that one out there because that's going to be my most embarrassing purchase that I ever had as a Bills fan. So those are the past players. And then the current ones, I only have two current Bills. Trey White, who I bought one month after the NFL draft, and Josh Allen and his Color Rush Red jersey. So those are the threads that I have in my closet. What about you? You ready for this one? I have never owned a Bills jersey. What? Never. I need a minute. I... I, I attempted it in eighth grade. All I wanted for Christmas was a Jim Kelly jersey. And my parents bought me a Giants jersey with the number 12 and no nameplate on it. So I couldn't bring myself to wear it. And then in uh, Drew Bledsoe's first season, I asked my parents for Christmas again, which is many years after that, mind you, uh, if they would get me an official NFL sanctioned. Drew Bledsoe jersey, and I they got me this like twenty dollar thing from J.C. Penney that was so such shoddy quality I could never get myself to actually wear it. So I I will say never actually owned a jersey. I am stunned. I I I guess for being a man who is as principled as you are in your jersey takes, I I would have figured you at least had you know yeah the Drew Bledsoe or the Doug Fluties or you know, Travis Henry, somebody from those older Bills teams or a Jim Kelly or a Thurman Thomas or a James Lofton, but you don't have a single Bills jersey in your closet. I'm I'm stunned. I, I would imagine you are. Um, and so all of my my jersey buying rules are based on what is not going to annoy me when you're wearing it, because I'm not going to be wearing it. I just don't want to see somebody wearing a Lonnie Johnson jersey and being like, why Why do you own the jersey of a guy who was never good in the first place? You know, you got to know when to retire those. But this is what it comes down to for me. In seventh grade, uh, was for me, it was 1988. And the Bills were really good for the first time in many years in, in 88. And Christmas came around and people asked my mother what I would want. And she said, well, you know, he really likes the Buffalo Bills. So every single person that year bought me something that had a Bills logo on that. So literally all of my clothing had a Bills logo. And I think it was in response to that, but I really haven't worn any sports logos since then. Since junior high for me, back in 19, we'll say 1989, 1990, that was the last time I really wore anything that had any sort of logo on it. Well, Jamie, I do feel bad that you don't have a single uh, Bills jersey in your closet. I think on behalf of Bills fans, I am going to reach into my wallet and find you the most appropriate jersey I can come up with. I'm going to get you an Ed Wang jersey. How does that sound? You know, that is fantastic because I have a friend named uh, Stacy Hauser. 
and she's one of the uh, co-directors of the Washington, D.C. Bills backers. She's a lovely person, though you wouldn't know it if you only met her at the bar because she's kind of the most insane fan I've ever met. She owned an Ashton Ubode jersey. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. Number 21, Ashton Ubode, because let's face it, it looks like his name says your booty. And she thought that was a riot. Um, but she owned some some incredible jerseys through the years, um, including Denoris Searcy. Ooh, ooh, I remember Denoris Searcy. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a blast from the past. You know, I mean, I you could go with there's so many like Bakari Rambo. I almost kind of feel like I want to buy his just for the nostalgia of having a Rambo jersey, and it probably cost twenty bucks on one of those knockoff sites, if even. Uh, I know, right? Because like, who wants a Bakari Rambo jersey? He's out of the league right now, but. You know, I will tell you, the Bills fans I feel the worst for are the ones who invested in Rob Johnson jerseys because that is just a complete failure of your investment. Really worse than EJ Manuel? Man, I EJ Manuel could at least draw somebody off sides to get a first okay, down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rob Johnson epitomizes like everything that was wrong with the Bills during the the, the drought and Ralph Wilson. I, I don't even want to go down my Rob Johnson school of thought because I'm in a good mood where having fun here, but Rob Johnson, no, no, I, I don't ever want to see a Rob Johnson Jersey, but that does bring us to our final point here, Jamie on Bill leave. We teased it a little bit earlier, but I mentioned bills, hall of famers, bills, wall of famers, and how they're usually a pretty foolproof Jersey purchase. There's one big exception and it's OJ Simpson. You couldn't pay me money to wear OJ Simpson and have his jersey, especially with the fact that he's trying to make this comeback. Uh, if you ever followed him on Twitter, he's like, hey, Twitter world, it's your favorite, the juice, talking about the food in the NFL draft. And it's like, you, he sounds like he's so out of touch. <laughs> you actually sound like him. <laughs> I, I, I've kind of, I've kind of not going to lie, love watching his feed because he's just so full of shit. Like, <laughs> he's probably going to kill me for saying that. So uh, you might be hosting the podcast on your own moving forward. Oh, geez. I, I would have to get a co-host and the one I would reach to would be my buddy, Big Chris, who owns an OJ Simpson jersey. Wow, how is that for tying this all together? So how what was his thought process on getting the Juices jersey? I don't know. I, I'll have to ask him that. I, it may be something that he owned for many years, but or maybe he just got it really cheap. I don't know, but he wears it once in a while. It's it's amazing. I just would have a hard time representing a, an alleged murderer, uh, even though, listen, taking nothing away from what the Juice did on the field, OJ was a tremendous, sensational running back. You watch the highlights of him and you watch the OJ Made in America documentary, the first part and a half, and it's unbelievable to see how physically talented he was. And then he snapped. And so for me, again, the moral code, the moral uh, qualities come into play. I could never own a Juice jersey. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's if, if there's one player that our fan base really wants to divorce themselves from, it's him. Yeah, he's he's earned it, unfortunately, with uh, some pretty bad life choices. But, Jamie, we've given some fans uh, our rules, our blueprint for buying jerseys. Go ahead, do whatever the hell you want with our advice. We've had a lot of fun speculating on jerseys and jersey purchases. Uh, it's been a really great time here on the podcast. Jamie, thanks for sharing your insights and surprising me with the fact that you don't own a single Bills jersey. I'm still reeling from that. I do want to let you know that one time I went to a store to buy 
a Steve Tasker jersey. And this was in the early 90s. And I've always maintained that if I ever get a jersey, it's going to be Tasker. Except I wanted a blue jersey and they only had white. So I didn't pull the trigger on it. But if I ever get one, that's going to be it. Well, Jamie, uh, it was never meant to be your Steve Tasker jersey. Maybe one day down the road, you will get to have the Bills special teamer in your closet as your only Bills jersey. But whatever you do, Bills fans, just you know, go out there and, and try to apply some common sense when it comes to your Bills jersey purchases. Uh, we've really enjoyed this conversation here on Believe. We hope that you will chime in with your regrettable jersey decisions, with your favorite jersey decisions that you've made, and with any personal rules you might be following with your jersey purchases. By getting involved with this podcast, uh, comment on the article on buffalorumblings.com, and also get involved with us on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. We are going to sign off here on the latest episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. 